this is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you This is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you Welcome back to Brian K. Pod. I am one of your hosts, Spencer. And I'm Logan. This is episode four, but chapter three of Saga from Brian K. Vaughn. This is the internet's one and only Brian K. Vaughn podcast hosted by Logan and myself. Um, And we are here to go through every single issue of Saga and the rest of the work of Brian K. Vaughn, but we're going through each issue one episode at a time, taking breaks between basically graphic novel chapter breaks uh, to talk about other pieces of work in the the Vaughn-averse which I'm glad it's not all connected. That would get real confusing. Um, but we're, we're quickly approaching a break because we're, we're talking about issue three of Saga now. So we are halfway through the first run. Um, so it'll be exciting. I think we said we might decide this week what we're going to do with the break, Logan, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Cool. So I think we're going to probably stick around for the whole episode to find out what we're going to be talking about in like three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the idea here is we just talk about the episode or the uh, issue of the comic book. We're going to go through the whole thing, not necessarily in chronological order, chronological order that gets us kind of keeps us on track. We'll come back to that, but we just sort of jump around talking about different things. Um, and of course, as always, we like to shout out Fiona Staples' amazing art. And this is a Brian K. Vaughn podcast in general, but Saga would not be what it is without Staples. So we'll be talking about her too along the way. Um, so I think that is all the preamble, Logan. Did I miss anything? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. We're on like every podcast hoster ever, basically. So look for us where you like to get them and hit subscribe and rate us. That really helps people find us. And we would really love for people to find this podcast. Our end goal is to have Brian K. Vaughn on the podcast. And if he shows up in two episodes, that would be the final episode of this podcast. We would have achieved our goal and we'll turn it off. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you would like to stop hearing from us, don't unsubscribe. Just get Brian K. Vaughn on the podcast. Um <laughs> That's my sales pitch, and I'm sticking to it. Um, where we left things off in the series, um, our uh, our group of heroes, the the mom and dad uh, and baby, have stumbled across a uh, a group of teenage ghosts called the Horrors uh, on the way to try and find a ship off the planet they are on, and they have found the Horrors. Um, so I guess I'm going to lead in with Logan. Uh, what did you think of the Horrors? Um, I, I love the, it's hard to say I love the concept because it is a horrible concept, but just this idea of like, when you die, you, you don't move on. You're just like bound to the place where you were born and kind of become responsible for somehow taking care of it in the afterlife. Yeah, like haunt the people that might hurt it. Like that's how you protect it. That's a very yeah. funny. I love both the concept of we're going to haunt you to protect the planet, but also how ineffective that really is. Like, <laughs> yes. the, like the like it may it may work like on a house level, right? Like you can get someone out of your house, but can you get someone off your planet? Not if they want to like take control of it. I don't think so. It's, yeah, it's a obviously, good, it's a good it's a good like uh, dual. Like it's it's just. I don't know. I, there's something like very human and very like 
old country, like, we're going to haunt you if you do this or whatever. And so it's like playing with that and then showing how absolutely ineffectual that is. Um, yeah, and uh, it they very, very quickly retcon why the horrors aren't what they were built up to be over the previous two issues, <laughs> which is fun. So... And, and sort of feels like this. I'm glad you said that because that's one thing that I have started to to recognize three issues in and sort of calling back, re- recalling my memory of what I had read years ago um, is that um, the series has a great does a great job of setting up expectations and and subverting them in very interesting ways. And I feel like we spoke to that a little bit last week, but it makes me wonder the, the biggest expectation that is being set up is whatever the life Hazel will lead is because she is narrating our story. And now I'm like, well, she's in this issue. She, her, her soul becomes tied to a ghost. And I'm like, is Hazel talking to us from the beyond? <laughs> like, like what's the, and, and you may know, so don't speak to that's part of the hook listeners. If you're new is that I don't know. I'm not caught up. Logan is caught up. Um, but, um, but that's, I start thinking bigger picture. Like, are these two people factions, the ones at war, or is there more people behind those people? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go, not doubt my narrative, but, but question my perceptions of what I'm seeing. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I have a question for you. You've read all of the Game of Thrones books or A no, Song I, of Ice and Fire? I, I've I've read most of them. I think the the last one I know I haven't read, and I think I got into the next to last one. So I've read at least three. Okay, so um, I, I I think it's fair that we've talked about this this you know draws comparisons, but I've yes. never read the books. Mm-hmm. Is is George R. R. Martin really big on teasing possible things like? You know, so uh, when uh, she, I forget the the ghost name, when she ties herself to Hazel, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, she says it'll Isabel. Uh, by the way, it's Isabel. Isabel. All uh, right. Uh, she says it will only hurt when it ends. Yes. Which is a very like ominous. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like. Yeah, I really, I really attach myself to that line as well. Martin uh, does a thing that's a little more, um, it's a little more like, uh, have you ever heard the story of this? And then you're like, wait a minute, is that is that referring to like Brand's second cousin twice removed? Because it could be based on where people are and like if you know that. But he spends so many chapters explaining the geography and the history of other things that when someone tells some kind of urban legend of game of thrones you you start putting things together like oh i know where that came from because i know this history so it's he takes a lot more preciousness with his seeding of hints um and i think that vaughn does the 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 really straightforward and simple like that is definitely a um a clue or a attention uh a creator because that's the kind of thing that if you know if you've read anything you understand that could mean many things right so I, I think he's Chekhov's more direct gun. <laughs> yes you know, it's like here's a gun what's gonna happen i don't know like what the hell does that mean <laughs> 100% um, and I think there's like you know she gets her own panel for this um, where she says only on the day it ends it's just Isabel saying it the face looks very innocent but we don't really uh, get much of a response to that um, because um, 
because the mom is in such a rush, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, fine, just do it, you know? Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's cool because that's, that's very pop aware. That's pop serialized storytelling aware. That's a guy who knows how to write comic books, you know? Yep. And Martin, I, Martin, I think is a guy who knows how to write <clears throat> big tomes. Like I, whatever that show people feel about that either direction the books that themselves, they know what they're like, he knows what he's doing. And I think I would not be shocked if those books never finished because he's so sad that someone stole his thunder and made it <laughs> kind of a piddle. But, um, but, but I think that, Vaughn knows you do this panel and this is the thing people will look at over and over again over the years. And maybe when the series is ended or maybe when he gets to the point where that pays off, they'll go, gosh, we knew from issue three, that one line, this is what happened. And yeah. it's very smart. It's very, it's very Lostian in its own way of saying, here's like just a one-off sentence, but it means something to later on. I mean, the first issue ends with, Hazel basically saying not everybody lives to the end. And then literally an issue later, her fucking dad gets shot and, <laughs> and, and like is dying. And, and now it's like maybe this has to do with with Hazel's life. Uh, so I, it's almost like I, I wait for the next issue to pointedly see the way that the mom can die. And and that like that like I, I feel like he's gonna say it could be any of them it could be all of them it could be you you know what I mean it's it's it, it creates a lot of uh, tension um, but in that good way that they, like I cannot wait to turn the page it I took all I could to not just keep reading finishing the issue because of the chase element of trying to to save Marco mm -hmm. and and then of course just the the cliffhanger ending of the final panel. <laughs> He's so uh, just he is so good at that. But them as a team, this book specifically, I, I haven't we haven't read everything he's ever done. But I mean, between the two of us, we've read most of his big, big stuff. Yep. And I don't know that any other series has the ability that this series has to just be like, well, here's a cliffhanger, but not in a way of like really being a cliffhanger just like well, what the fuck does that mean <laughs> like really the whole book is like what does that mean i have to keep reading <laughs> no yeah no i i totally it, it, it's absolutely um it's just it's i don't know this is this is really fantastic storytelling i cannot get over how um how exciting it is and how he jumps around so much um, to different storylines, but everything seeds this feeling of tension. And my wondering is my question is how sustainable it is in terms of like at the end of our six issues here, before we take our break, um, is that going to pay off a lot of this or is it an ongoing series of events that keep, ricocheting and pushing forward like how does or is it a reset that's what a lot of these series are even like why the last man it has that first six issues and then it's a almost like a you've got the concept now let's hit reset and on the second volume or the second uh, storyline and and so i'm curious to see because that's very comic booky too there's no problem with that i just feel like he could go any direction because there's so much dynamic storyline stuff <clears throat> happening all at once yeah absolutely um I, I think my favorite part of the issue, my favorite scenes might be the Prince Robot stuff, though. It's not my favorite single panel, but 
I love his interrogation of this this prisoner and the fact that they have this uh like trashy romance novel like mm-hmm. backed up like it's hard evidence like what are they going to get from it <laughs> and and there is some level i'm and, and and we talked about this last episode but the idea of the t the person with the tv had not liking the idea of books is is very pointed but it also makes me now at this point feel that books are more significant in this i don't know if on this planet or in this universe or galaxy i said i think it's galaxies where we're at but i i wonder what the significance is and i'm looking forward to to more of that because um a, a prince robot where with a head means there's a family of you know we've seen from the first issue and the, the the very entertaining sex scene um that that there are people there's a whole people of of robot headed or tv headed people um that i wonder if there's like is this all a war about books versus television <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the answer i really don't but i but I, I think about things like that and that's i mean that's the kind of concept that I would totally read a whole book series on, but would be so cheesy and straightforward and almost like a Hunger Games style. But what if Vaughn has figured out TV versus television uh, as an intellectual concept as a comic book series? <laughs> I'm into it. I'm if into anybody it. could do it, it would be him. 100%. Um, so, so yeah. So, no, I, I agree with you, though, about the interrogation. I like the – I always like the trope of the the interrogatee uh, not speaking the language but actually understanding. So he's, like, intentionally just kind of not speaking the language. But that breaking down, the closer the person interrogating gets to uh, some sort of truth. Um, and so I like that, but I, I do think it's sort of the shield uh, Vic Mackey um, – uh, crazy how intense the prince robot gets and he kind of turns his hand into that t-1000 style looks like almost like a chess piece and he's obviously going to beat him up um pretty bad or it's like a gun and and it's just crazy that the intensity is is wild to me and it makes me nervous for our leads what happens when these two come to a head because i feel like these are going to be ships passing in the night for some time but narratively they've got to you know intercept yeah um this is so random but i was completely enamored with the fact that this is a like alien society with all kinds of strange technology and what they have is one of those shitty white folding tables Uh literally you can find in any church or gym or you know yard sale yes (laughs) Like, it's just a cheap-ass plastic chair and his shitty white folding table. <laughs> I like to think that the they are so used to interrogating anywhere or having prisoners any and everywhere that it's just cheaper. It just financially makes more sense, and robots would make the financially cheaper, makes more sense choice, you know? And so this is totally – like, I like to think there is a lot of deep thought into why this is exactly what kind of table they would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just – I love that – like it's a completely like alien society and hey you know they they got the same like base technology we did Uh, no here's how you do a table (laughs) like it's not strange it's exactly what we would have (laughs) 
So fun. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's so good. And and they, we've, we also get some insight when um, when Prince Robot uh, is you know starting to beat the prisoner um that there's a guard who like there are technically like rules against this by the guard saying what the heck are you doing and so like i I do like that there are rules of engagement it's not just that they're all powerful and can openly do whatever they want to do because there is some sort of veneer of civility um and and even you even have the guy say humane quote with air quotes basically um about the treatment uh, of their prisoners and so i like that they're playing at humanity um and and civility but then we learn that this character is above all of that and can break those rules um with with impunity which again adds the tension of the character because the thing now right now that we're focusing on is where's this investigation with these books or this book leading but really what i'm seeing is not just where is it leading but if it gets him where he needs to be he can do whatever he wants to do and what he wants to do is violent and that's nerve-wracking that's really i'm scared for our people yeah uh prince robot he becomes such a bigger more complicated character i can't wait for it um how how does prince robot cry that's a question i have when i read (laughs) I, I would assume it's just a video of a tear emoji. Yeah. <laughs> um, we only get like what two pages with the will. Yeah, I was actually stalk. just getting there. Yeah, so the, so the stock calling was a very funny page. All of a sudden, the tough, scary stock. It is like she is in trouble and and calls for phones a friend and basically it is he gets two pages of the whole thing uh, very not even all the pages he's only in two panels on his second page but this phone call uh, i i love that what we learned is that there was some sort of and you got this vibe but you it was more of a partnership or a business problem but i now you sort of confirm my opinion confirming i'm sure you know for sure but they, they were in a relationship and he considers her sleeping with someone uh in order to finish a job uh, is cheating even yep. though it was for the job. And so he is the very, as tough as he looked at his intro and as scraggly and haggard as he looks in these pages, the tough guy veneer is gone because this relationship messed him up <laughs> and he is unhappy. <laughs> and it's very yep. funny how sensitive and sad he is in, after his tough guy, Clint Eastwood intro. <laughs> yeah, it it is. Um, it's such a great thing that he's able to do after... <clears throat> showing him as that that and being like well you know tough guys have feelings too so his girlfriend cheated on him and he found that she was on the job so he's like i'm just gonna run up this card at a you know brothel because we like we seem coasting into the sextillion um you know just run up this card and not even bother with the job so you know it it does kind of like where the hell is his story going (laughs) Like, you introduce this character, what is he doing, you know? So yeah, I do love that, because um, I do remember both hearing about and getting to the the part in the future, what we're get, where, where the will is going. So people who've read the series will know what I'm talking, people who haven't, you just you hold on to your pants. Um, the will will not, um, but, but, or will he? Um, so, but I do love that they've been, seeding pun not intended the the sextillion planet along the way 
And so this last panel with the will is the, you know, the big bulletin board and the kind of Las Vegas scene neon lights. But the but the one word in that panel is the will saying women. <laughs> it's such a good joke. It's such good storytelling. Where is he going? He's going to women. What is he frustrated with? Women. <laughs> Maybe what doesn't he understand? Women. You know, like it's 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 like wow. We don't know that much about him yet, but we do know his relationship status isn't good. It's basically like he's dating assassin James Bond. And what do you expect James Bond to do? You know. Yep. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent so so no i it, but i love that it is you know the 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 cheater is is the woman but it's not he's not it's it's not like a, a slut shamey kind of terrible thing again kind of speaking to the way they handle gender norms it is just like it's almost like he's saying to it like is like he's like come on man <laughs> you know it's not like he's saying you can't believe you did this to me and blah blah, blah. it's like it's not a bunch of stuff like that it's just like you know like it meant that it hurt my feelings, basically. <laughs> it's very, and you get it in these minimal, minimal uh, moments in these few panels. I do love his as they're talking about it, and she's sort of justifying it. He says, as she's saying, it was all about the work, and he says, anyway, good luck with your big career. That's such a great line. It's so yeah. passive aggressive, but so defeated, and like. <laughs> You care about that more than me. There's so much in that. I love that. I'm really liking this character a lot, if you can't tell. Yeah. Um, he, both he and Prince Robot, I'm, because I do know so much, I'm so excited for where their stories are going and talking about them. Um, <clears throat> I did want to ask you from a, a parent point of view, since that has become a, yeah. a brief topic of discussion. Uh, Hazel's whole dissertation on uh getting good help isn't you know necessarily hard it's just hard to find cheap which alludes to you know hazel tying her soul to her but as a parent um did that ring true yeah this has become a through line for this this first uh this run of issues i'm curious how long not in a negative way i'm just curious but but we have been talking every episode about the parallels to parenting uh because we uh, we just had our second child and um, October, which is January, we're, we're talking, so just a few months. So we're reliving this right now, what they're living in. I guess, is Hazel even a day old at this point? Maybe two uh, days? Maybe two days. Yeah, I, I think I've lost track in some of their traveling, so they may, may be two days old. But so anyway, that's just for the audience. But yeah, so I'm going to read for a second. Is that okay? Just read a couple things. Yeah. Um, so so the, the narration from Hazel is, my mom once said, the hardest part of parenting is knowing when to ask for help totally agree with that that's one of the hardest parts at least um the other part is worrying about your baby's health that's which is so both things are actually at play in this issue um with the isabel uh, offer um so even the most independent of new parents will need backup weathering the occasional shitstorm. very accurate language as well it doesn't take a village to raise children it takes a whole galaxy former friends random acquaintances complete strangers and even other children okay so these these are things all struck true to me because what people don't take into account about parenting is not only do you have to do all the parenting stuff but you also like to still like do your life stuff right this podcast is a good example we had to reschedule because my child uh had to come home for virtual schooling this week um, and had to do that. And I'm uh, today was a day I had to do it yesterday, sort of got thrown off by a random meeting for my wife. And today was me on point. You and I had to reschedule without you being willing to do that. This podcast doesn't happen, right? So this is not 
anything to do with parenting, but this dies on the vine this week if you don't work with me to help me do my parenting thing, right? So, so you have all this stuff. And even the person when your air conditioner breaks and you call someone who doesn't even never even met your kid and go, do you know anybody who can repair AC at a reasonable price? Like that is someone that is that whole galaxy, right? That people don't consider because you don't have the time. You don't, and you also potentially don't have the money unless you're in a more privileged position to like waste money to just call anyone to fix things. You need all the help you can get from everywhere. All of this rang true for me, but what I did love coming back to the original point was not only is, you know, one of the hardest things knowing when to ask for help because you're just so stuck in the process. You can't see it's like blinders on horses. You just cannot see beyond the poop diaper in front of you, the fever that you're dealing with, the whatever you're worried about. Um, But the other part of it is that you are also worried about that baby's health. And I think that, um, the challenge is you have to ask in this issue is she has to ask for Alana has to ask for help the mom. Um, but then she also has to potentially put her child's health at risk with that help. It's such a, a complex dynamic of thought and fear. Um, and she wants to talk to Marco, but Marco can't have the conversation. They're a good couple already. You can tell they're a good couple because they want to have these important conversations together. That's the instinct. And, yeah, all of this. I just I, I have to find out and I have not looked and that'll be one of my goals before the next issue is when did when did Brian K. Vaughn have a kid in comparison to writing this book? That's my question. Yeah, um, clearly he I mean, I, I don't I don't I did we look that up. Does he have children? We just assume he has children. Let me look. I'm looking now. You talk for a second. You vamp um, song and dance. Yeah, so as not a parent, um, it didn't ring. It I can't say it rang true for me, but it did help me, like open my eyes a little bit, make me think about things differently. And I think what you're saying about the 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 child's health, like oddly enough, rings uh, like it's so prescient right now because you. It's weird to say you can't trust anybody, but it's not that you can't trust them. You like we're all in danger constantly with our health now because there's something so contagious just running rampant, and like we're. I think most of us are at a point where we're tired of putting our lives on hold, and so now we're all just basically risking everything, you know. A lot of us are, but at the same time, like I'm in a position and without getting into like, this is not that kind of personal podcast, but my mom has not met my child because we are living in a horror movie where the, the unknown that parents always fear, that's the thing, kids with kids, you always fear the unknown. Is there going to be, I mean, not to get too dark, but this is, this is an adult series, so whatever. But is there that teacher who's going to say, let me help you to the bathroom? Is there, is there that parent who's going to say, hey, your mom and dad aren't picking you up today. I'm taking you, but they're really taking. You know what I mean? Like there's all these things you don't know. You just make up in your head just crazy stuff. Then, and that's all this unknown stuff. But that unknown is COVID, and it has a name. And it is there and there's statistics and it's alive in the world. And so then you have people who would normally like like my mom would meet their grandchild. Right. But you go. But the unknown has a name and you could accidentally bring the unknown into my house. And that is frightening 
as shit. Right. <laughs> and 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 so that's a real thing. And I, it it makes me it humanizes or makes more relatable is a better way to say it. Stories like this where I don't live in a crazy adventurous war torn way of life like these guys but the danger for their kid coming from any corner coming from any person it could be their people it could be it could be marco's people it could be alana's people because they're different species and 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 so like or races i guess both um and and you don't know and so now i'm like i feel you guys like i feel like get on that rocket ship at forest thing and get out of (laughs) here which we we haven't even touched on so you vamped really quick. Let me just answer your question. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, he so yeah, he's married, has two kids. I cannot find uh, age stuff, which is good for good for him. Um, but I can't see anything where it's like, hey, they had kids um, at this time or congratulate. I can't find anything like that. I'll do a little digging just to see if there's anything that says maybe in an interview where he references that. But he does have two kids. Okay, so yeah, I mean that makes so much sense. So yeah. because there's so much, it, it, like I said, even as someone who is not a parent. Uh, I see it like you you've gone through the hell that is being a parent and the constant worry and anxiety. And yeah, and he he talks about it so well that, you know, it makes it relatable to somebody who who is not one of those. So so one thing about it, too, that I really appreciate and I also think it makes for more vital storytelling. And I think that speaks I think that's confirmed when I say more vital storytelling. It's confirmed in the popularity of the book. Um, you're not being a parent and still totally connecting with this book. My being a parent and connecting deeper. But is the frankness that they discuss this stuff with um, something that doesn't get discussed often that has in the last couple of years been talked about a lot more is uh, like if, if a female has a miscarriage, that's usually like a secret, something you don't talk about. Um, and I know there's been like some celebrities who've like kind of quote unquote come out as saying like, I lost my baby. It was very hard for me. And then a lot of people rally around that moment and go, you know, no one ever talks about it. And that happened to me too. And I never told my sister, like I never told anybody. And, and the frankness of, of the, the experience connects people. And it's, it's, I think it's good to be open and talk about things at your comfort level and to potentially reach out and help people. Um, like uh, we lost my father-in-law a couple years ago, so losing a parent. We had a guy come to look at cutting down our trees. And we're just talking about our life stories, just kind of chit-chatting. He's looking at trees and told him about you know my mother-in-law lives with us because my father-in-law passed. And he goes, I just lost my dad like six weeks ago. And then we just had like a moment of connection in the driveway. Very positive. Very – it was just a good moment. That's what he's doing with his frankness of talking about parenting with all this crazy veneer of sci-fi stuff. But that frankness is like, hey, guys, you don't have parents, but you might – you don't have kids, but you don't have parents. We've got a whole interesting conversation to have. Um, but but you don't have kids, and but your friend probably do. Someone you know does. This, I feel like, can help you empathize, which is what I feel like you're speaking to a little bit, that it's helping yeah. you do. Absolutely. Um it, as someone who does not have kids, well, I, I mean, I, I kind of have a 14-year-old because after, won't get into all this, my brother passed. I moved in with my sister-in-law, helping take care of their teenage daughter and trying to keep her on track and just be here for her. But it's a little different. But previous to that, I, I will say sometimes as someone without a child, 
it would get very frustrating and yeah. I, I would never show that. Um, I think you could probably speak to that. It does yeah. get frustrating when you have like, oh yeah, we'll we'll do this, we'll do that, or we have plans, or oh wait, no, hold on, something's going on with the kid, like cancel all that. Like like yesterday, you know, like I don't have those problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it it can get a little but I've always been really understanding about it, but there are certainly people out there who aren't, you know? Um, so, well, I, yeah. So yeah, we had a conversation recently um, about uh, what kind of makes our friendship tick. We do this every six months. We're, we're a bunch of very inward lookers. And so, and, and I said something along the line, I don't remember what you said about me. It doesn't make any difference because it doesn't relate to this, but, but, I said that one of the things about you is your your patience, and and it, that makes us good friends because I have two kids. I live in a different state than you. I have a different work schedule than you. Everything about our lives is made to be for me to let you down, really. <laughs> and so, and 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 patience isn't about feeling right. Like you are allowed to get frustrated and feel frustrated. That is okay, but patience is what you give me in terms of kindness and grace and be like, yes, let's reschedule. Let's do that. Not your, like if you did it comedically, that's one thing, but, but in which you don't, which is great, but, but you don't seriously go like, you're, you're a jerk. Why would you cancel? I'm so ready to do this. I'm excited to have this conversation. Come on, man, get with the picture. Like that's not helpful. It's not constructive. Even if you feel it, that's feelings fine, but your action is patience. And that's, that's a huge quality to have in these friendships and relationships with kids, I am very curious, and this does relate back to the book, if Marco and Alana and Hazel, and I guess now our uh, our uh, our ghost, because she, she calls uh, herself a ghost, Isabel, um, if they have a crew at some point that has to have their patience tested. Because right now it's a very solo thing, but I feel like we're, we've picked up a, a fourth now with Isabel, and I'm curious if we're going to become you know, the Star Wars, the guys in the Millennium Falcon, the whole team, um, and and if patience is going to become something that gets tested within that team. I'm very curious to see that. If they do, then how that's dealt with narratively. I'm very invested in that. Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into the, the idea that I didn't understand until I was probably in my late 20s of the idea of found family. Mm-hmm. Um and how important that is you know um which the book does kind of uh pick up so uh that that's going to be a fun discussion oh yeah i i agree i think i am looking in looking forward to that both in the narrative but then also because it just speaks to a lot of our life experience so i, I think that this podcast is primarily about the book and, and the narrative and what's going to happen next and stuff. But for a while, we're going to be behind as the new issue comes out tomorrow, correct? <laughs> yeah. As we're, we record this, it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. And so. I don't, I think, I'm worried. I, I want to not read it, but I'm worried if by not reading it, I'm going to get spoiled. Although yeah. I, I generally don't have any of that stuff coming across my timeline. So. Well, I think that your role is to be 
the in this podcast the guy who has is has you're the know it all as <laughs> to say it next. But but you you're the guy who's read it all. So I think that for the podcast itself, it's not a problem if you do. I will be picking up the issues to support my local comic book store. Hope everybody else out there is doing the same if they can. If it's safe for you, if it's not, it's online and stuff like that. Um, but um, but I but I. I'll be having them so that way we're ready when we get to the issues. Um, and plus now, of course, I'm one of those insane people. Like I'm investing so much time in this book. I got to get all the single issues again. Watch me spend what I lost, what I got to get that number one back again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so if I buy a nine point, I think it was a 9.6 graded um, issue one for 250 bucks or whatever it was, I'll be... <laughs> so annoyed at myself um but uh but anyway um i'll be buying it just to have them so, so i don't i wouldn't blame you for buying it and then reading it and be be caught up so you can laugh at my lack of knowledge but not in a bad <laughs> way more in a like a mischievous way um yeah i mean i think I'll, I'll at least that issue i think i'll have to because i i don't think it's saying much to say that the, the last issue three years ago um ended on a massive cliffhanger as as bkv likes to do um and so much so that one like i was reading on a kindle and i wanted to break my kindle in half so um I, I, but i'm also worried that like i'm gonna pick it up and it's gonna be like yeah we're not talking about that right now we're getting into <laughs> another thing because he likes to do that too so like I, i'm just i'm on the fence about it so we'll we'll see We'll see. I'll, I'll keep everybody informed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's get back into the book. We only have a little bit left of the book we haven't talked about. Um, and, and I wanted to mention it, and then we'll do our favorite page or and or panel. Um, that's what we always do in, in every episode. We talk about our favorite kind of piece of art or page or storytelling uh, singular. That's the magic of comic books, right? How the way the panels can tell so much story or the page can. I think I say page because often minor full page spreads because I am a sucker. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about the caves um, that they're going through and how cool and mystical and ghosty this is and how I could, I cannot, I, I'm jealous at the storytelling. This would be a whole book series, a whole comic book series about just the ghost in these caves in this war-torn planet. And it is a few pages of a single issue. Brian K. Vaughn, save some for the rest of us. <laughs> is it like to me i don't know did you find that to be like like they have this this wall of fire which i thought was actually that panel was going to be my my favorite from the 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 issue um then it's just the issue sort of gets more dynamic as the magic gets involved um but but like it's the wall of fire that's not real it's a mental mirage and like to keep out trespassers and they keep going in and they get to this boat and it's like the river sticks and like uh, it, it, it's just so there's so much stuff it's so cool what did you think of the cave did they did that ring any excitement to you it just really turned me on and in like a you know what's the guy's name from inside the actor studio way like in that kind of way <laughs> james lipton james uh -huh. lipton and it, it turned me on in like his question way um yeah it is very much like they take concepts um that would be whole issues and and throw them into one panel um you know because any other book the entire issue like we would get to the cliffhanger of them getting to the boat and then the whole next issue would just be them on the boat and that's not you know i mean it kind of is what it is but it isn't like it it's kind of subverted because that's not really the the cliffhanger is what he says you know right. it's like what um 
so this issue was probably specifically because of the horrors this was i remember this being the first time i thought holy shit the coloring in this book yeah. is astounding yeah and like just the I, I would assume it's all digital because almost all coloring is digital now but even digitally like it looks so good it look it looks like um watercolor it really does and it's it's staples too that's the thing a lot of books have multiple you know they have the artist and the ink and the color and all these different not, and that's not every book but this book in particular um I, I when i was listening to an interview with with staples it was so shocking and i may have mentioned this but to to realize not having looked at the credits it is really three entities it's vaughn writing staples doing all of the art and then they're they're the company phonographics doing the lettering slash the design but it's like staples is doing all of it and so the what she's bringing to that color game i started looking i, I agree and i started thinking about how what we've seen are kind of locations that re represent sides of this war a lot so like the prince uh, robot his stuff has been very stark and very singular we've seen a lot of like earthy just sort of singular but now we're like i think the world is expanding and our understanding of it with the ghosts here the horrors and all of a sudden the magic seeing the magic and seeing it's just in and inside the lighting inside the cave and it, it's it's all opening up but i feel like that spark of things starting really yep. and it's all there visually yeah and the and just to push it back to Vaughn, this idea of like what's going to save Marco is a is a magic spell, um, and what he needs for this spell is snow, and <laughs> we're not anywhere near snow. So what she now has to do is climb a mountain mm -hmm. with her nearly dead husband, her newborn child, and a ghost that's pestering the hell out of her. Like this woman has been through so much in two days <laughs> that like i mean she's I, gonna need a nap that's yeah. just, she, she needs a nap that's what she needs i would i would be ready to call it quits i would just we're just gonna we're all gonna sit here and we're gonna die because <laughs> i can't do this um and uh, it's just it's so good it's all so good We've got one major story thing that you referenced a second ago and what he says. We'll talk about that uh, before we wrap up the episode. But I did want to throw out we, we, we focused on the, the Isabel saying only on on the day it ends. Will it hurt? Right. Um, but on the next page, there's also the great narration and sort of teaser. Hazel's such a little tease with these narrations. <laughs> Rich kids get nannies, but the rest of us have babysitters. Then she, then she says, Isabel was my first. Yeah. And, and so it's like, OK that's very interesting there's more people coming makes me sort of feel again like that kind of crew kind of tribe is coming together but also does she have more mystical ones like isabel or does she have or is this like isabel is so strange and this is her strange babysitter are we going to have like this cast and crew of crazy characters that kind of take care with hazel very interested in that it's a great tease but doesn't fill me with dread except for maybe for isabel like what could happen to her that makes what makes a ghost go away you know and and so that so little curiosities there i thought that was a great teaser line as well one though reference to that but why don't you speak to what our boy marco does in his uh passed out stupor <laughs> <laughs> i mean we've <clears throat> so we've all said or done things when we're 
you know, not at our best and a little bit out of it, you know, either feverish or drunk or possibly stoned, um, you know, but so in his half dead state, he says, please tell my bride I loved her. And she said, but I'm, I'm Marco. I'm right here. And he says, please tell Gwendolyn I loved her so much. And that gives us our big splash at the end. Uh, who the fuck is Gwendolyn? <laughs> my my favorite part is that the Gwendolyn is bolded. So it's like, please tell Gwendolyn. <laughs> like, 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 you're not the right yeah. person. <laughs> it's so good. And and the coloring, it's like light speed around Isabel on that full page, page splash. So it's like everyone's focusing and going on, going, this was a terrible thing to say right now. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's, you know. Uh, it's going to be rough for him. Um, her mouth too, Alana's mouth is so, it's not like her jaw has dropped. It is like her jaw has dropped into a snarl. It is so perfect. Yeah. And in the eyebrows, everything like you could have played that. She could have been, she is a fierce lady who is upset. <laughs> it's so good. And, and the, and the teenage girl behind her is like, what? <laughs> You know, it's so. I mean, if you weren't laying there dying, she would stab him. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So. So, yeah, I'm very excited to read more about that um, and and to get into to maybe. um, Well, anyway, I want to I kind of know what's the next issue is a little bit, so I'm not going to get into that too much, but I'm excited for for issue four and what comes with that. I cannot remember the story with Gwendolyn, so I'm excited to potentially get some insight into that if Marco makes it, and I assume he does. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I have to say, um, on in terms of best page panel, whatever, my original was the the one where Isabel uh, unites with with Hazel. That particular panel, I thought the way that Alana's holding her and there's like the and Marco's around her and and it's it's almost like she's wrapped up in a blanket and the the coloring and the swirl and all of this stuff. I really loved it. It was very. It's just one of those intoxicating combos of color. But that final page, man, I'm a sucker for a splash, and it's so yeah. good. It's so good. That's that was my my page slash panel of the issue. Um. So uh, originally, I, I actually flip flopped uh, as well. Originally, mine was the Will eating the cereal next to Lion <laughs> K. He's like, I'm never talking to that bitch again. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Because, <laughs> like, I've been that person <laughs> so oh, many yeah. times. I know. I've known you when you've been that person. <laughs> um. But uh, I've, I've actually, because of our scheduling and rescheduling, I've read this issue like four times. Uh-huh. Um. Which, so. Uh, the last time I read it, I, I thought, actually, I think I'm going to cheat. My favorite series of panels in this issue yeah. is Isabel telling her that she's not hungry, she's gassy, and then telling her how to properly burp the baby uh-huh. and how Fiona Staples is able to, like, in a three-panel page, like, portray that level of, like, fuck you you're right like uh-huh it, it's so good and and it just it reads well and it's it's really only two panels you know because it's like okay you don't know what you're talking about she whacks her on the back you get the the burp and then it's just like oh well 
fuck you. <laughs> you if in the next panel after the 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 WAP panel where she's look where Alana's looking down at Hazel, her face is so calm and relieved and happy. Yep. That is the reality. Someone tells you, "Hey, the diaper's too tight" or something, and you go, "No," and then you loosen it and everything, and like, Ugh, and then you're like. Oh, good. Thank God the baby's happy. I'm happy. Everything's better. That is a true parenting experience right there. Because you have people, people throw advice at you all the time, and often it's not good advice. But when, so that's why you sort of get, like, for lack of a better and less comedic word, you get, you get triggered and you're like, don't tell me advice. So then it gets right, and you're like, Oh, but that comes at high stress. So she's in high stress. She may not have the experience of lots of advice at this point, but she is super stressed. She doesn't need someone telling her how to do her job that she actually doesn't know how to do. And and it's the, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great series of panels to uh, to call out. Um, and and totally, it's it's amazing the per- parenting stuff in this book. The the tribalism of building you know a life with a with a kid. It's um. It's pretty astonishing uh, how much this is in a book that has such a great sci-fi plot on its, you know, Romeo and Juliet. It's essential, and so it's 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 pretty cool. Um, any last thoughts on the issue? Um, no, just as always, excited for where it's going next. Um, we said we were going to talk about uh, what we're doing next, but I'll yeah. let you say anything else you want to say about the the issue. Yeah, no, I think that I'm with you. I think that the the parenting stuff is really striking, very true to me. But it is really amazing. I think there's some there's some political stuff that we're avoiding by having these short trips, you know, uh, trips with the Prince Robot. And there's some stuff going on with like the Will um, that I'm curious about, sort of the background behind some of this that I think it's going to expand. So I sort of like how we're zoomed in on this family dynamic right now, and I think it's going to stay. And then we're going to later on the the real world and that's kind of how life is right like you live in your house but the world is happening around you so i'm excited to get more into the what's happening around their house of 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 three or four now with isabel um but it's it's a it's an incredible way to um, from that first issue go very expansive and then zoom right in and and build this world i'm i'm into it so that that's kind of my final it's such a great book so far and um i'm excited to keep reading yeah me too um so what are you thinking next? Well, so the two things that have come up um, are Doctor Strange and uh, Private Eye. Um, Private Eye I want to read because it looks so cool. Because um, I have that on my shelf and I really would like to read it. Um, but Doctor Strange also seems a little timely. But I think we're pushed to like May, so we could wait on Doctor Strange um, and do that a little maybe after the movie has come out. Um, potentially, but I don't know exactly how the timing will work out, but somewhere closer to that. Um, so I, I kind of want to say Private Eye as my vote. Um, where are you at? Yeah, Private Eye. I, I was at the bookstore the other day, and mm-hmm. of course it sticks out because it's an oddly shaped book. Yeah, it doesn't fit on my bookshelf. <laughs> but uh, I was walking by, I was like, oh, Private Eye. Mm, maybe we should do that one next. <laughs> okay, well, let's call it Private Eye. So, so folks, what we'll do, we made a decision, you've experienced it. Um, one day, uh, should we get a, a larger audience and you guys are communicating with us some, we'll, we'll get your input on it. But for now, we are 
the lords of our uh, kingdom. And so so we're going to choose Private Eye. Um, you can get that really good price on InStockTrades.com um, and find it elsewhere online. But that's the one place I'll point out. As Of course, if you have a local comic book store, see if they can get it for you. Um, you've got some time because we've got, I believe, three more issues to read. So that's three more episodes of this podcast, three more weeks if life uh, finds a way. <laughs> and, um, and then we will, on that fourth week, talk about Private Eye. Um, and so, so yeah, look it up. Brian K. Vaughn is obviously your author. Uh, find it, maybe even your library. Libraries have comic books, so if money's an issue for you, there's that. Um, check that out, see if you can find it. Um, and if you can, read along with us, and we'll talk about the whole thing. We're not going to do multiple, you know, episodes per, you know, one episode per chapter or anything like that. It's just we're going to talk about the whole graphic novel. Um, that sound about right, Logan? Did I miss anything? Nope, sounds good to me. Cool. Well, awesome. So again, you can find us on all of the podcatchers out there in the world. Logan did his due diligence and just got us everywhere he could. Um, so see if you can, uh, if you wherever you found us, um, we appreciate it. If you like another service better, look there for us too. But no matter what, subscribe, uh, rate, and uh, review us wherever you are. If you want to say bad things, go right ahead, but just give us that five stars or that thumbs up or whatever they're asking for, and then we'll, t- we'll gladly take your criticism. Um, if you'd like to reach out, uh, I am on Twitter at film dispenser like a pez dispenser but for movies film dispenser uh, and you can uh, dm me if you have questions for the show or, or of course tweet me um be happy to take those we don't have like an email or anything like that right now just because we're uh taking our time with all that responsibility um I'll anything for you logan <laughs> you'll um, get there <laughs> uh no check out everything else we do over at xwingfiles.com um it's it's not updated often but uh it is updated um you know, uh, we're currently talking about uh, Book of Boba Fett, um, which has been fun. Um, that was that didn't sound as fun as I said, but that means it you has have complicated thoughts. Yeah, complicated thoughts, but it's fun talking about it. <clears throat> um, and I mean, you can email xwingfiles at gmail dot com, but uh, just put Brian K Pod in the subject or something, so I know it's in reference to this. Um, but yeah, go go check all that stuff out, and uh, we'll be back next week talking about issue number four. Awesome. See you guys, or talk to you guys. And <laughs> <laughs> see nobody. And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. This is a family matter. The casualties after the intergalactic battles this little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a saga.